right, everyone, welcome into the brand new podcast. Welcome to the Bet on C2C podcast. Uh, we are in episode one, which is the preview to week zero, and also just kind of give you a breakdown and a kickoff to the 2022 season. Um, I'm your host, Brandon Sanders. You can find me at CFF University. Over here on the right hand side of my screen is Mr. Chris K. Uh, you can find him at Reels Chris K. Of course, he's got the best hair in the game when it comes to the CFF world. Chris, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, man. I'm, I'm excited for the year. I mean, the off season's been way too long, but it's amazing that we're here. It's, it's fun to see everything like get to be released and start to have more things to talk about. I hate injuries and stuff, but it gives you something, something to talk about what we've needed though for the last, I don't know, three, four months at least. Yeah, we finally got some meat on the bone finally and not just speculation. We got something on the table. And of course, I bring in Mr. Ethan Sowers. Of course, he's brand new to the team as well. You can find him at Twitter at Ethan Sowers. He is We Are in Penn State. Ethan, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thanks, man. Excited to be here and uh, ready to talk some some value for that, that week zero drop. I know you've been uh, scavenging the uh, prize picks and looking at the differences, and he's even got it down to a science. We might talk about a little bit of that, a uh, little bit of that process. That was really cool. But we wanted to start off with a kickoff episode, just something that you guys can, you know, listen to, and then also just kind of get to know us a little bit, and then how we approach when it comes to DFS prize props, things like that. In particular, we just kind of want to bring into that, and then just kind of different strategies that we have and things like that as well. Um, so something I wanted to go ahead and start off with was uh, Chris, and then just kind of give him, you know, how how long you've been doing DFS? Uh, what do you like the most about college versus maybe an NFL DFS? Uh, your approach to things. Uh, how do you kind of approach the DFS as you're starting into the season and then getting deep into the season, for example? Yeah, I would say I've been playing seriously for like three or four years now, ever since they like brought it back. Cause there was that, there was like that hiatus, right? Of like, well, we're not doing it anymore, which was like a huge put off. Uh, but I've been doing it pretty seriously since then. I dabbled in it beforehand, and I like I look back on it. I'm like, man, I, I played like such an idiot. Like, what? Why was I doing all that? Like that? Like I could have had so much more success if I was just like in today's knowledge of like strategy and things like that. Um, but I, I mean, I mainly play DraftKings. I do some FanDuel. I'm considering playing more on FanDuel. You know, you start adding in other sites, and then it becomes a little bit more hectic. As we all know, when the main site hits, it's like gets real crazy with injuries but been playing both those mainly DraftKings, and then um you know i do the typical price picks underdog fantasy that type of stuff and but mainly my bread and butter is just like gpps maxing uh, tournaments using fantasy cruncher and, and using their opto and just trying to uh trying to trying to hit big on on some of those tournaments for sure and how about you, Ethan? What's uh what's the process been to you uh, when it comes to just getting into the DFS game in general and then finding your way to the CFB DFS? Yeah, uh, CFB DFS really was my first uh, intro to anything college fantasy. Um, I was doing it, it's, gosh, probably been about five or six years I've uh, been doing it. Uh, Chris, you mentioned that hiatus that was the dark age of college football DFS, uh, but uh, you know, really um, had been grinding that for a while um, and then just got into doing some C- C2Cs last year, starting to dabble in the, the CFF, uh, best balls, doing all that this year. Um, but for the most part, I mean, really DFS was my uh, my pathway to be able to find all this. So I'm I'm excited. Uh, you know, I'm I I tend to, to kind of skew more to the, the tournament place. Um, that's just kind of been my my forte. I'm a, a hand builder for the most part, but I know Chris, we've talked a little bit about uh, about 
doing some projections and, and kind of leaning on uh, on some optimizers that that fantasy cruncher optimizer a little bit more uh, moving forward. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll uh, experiment and we uh, I'm tracking all of my my performances here. So we'll make sure to to hit the optimal build uh, each time here. And that's something we'll get into between uh, GPP and cash here in a second. But uh, same thing when it comes to it, for me, it was more uh, CFF first. Um, and then that, of course, uh, I got in at the right time. Lamar Jackson went off in Louisville, became the, the fantasy 101. And then my first year of uh, college fantasy, you know, you hit the big one and win. I call it the beginner's luck with a nine and two season, right? So, uh, you know, that's how you catch the bug. You find out. For me, it was more of just prospecting, trying to get people that I could get onto my dynasty team in NFL. And then it turns out I just wind up loving you know, college football even more, probably than I do the NFL nowadays, even though I love the Broncos, but the Tar Heels, you know, have my heart. And, you know, now I have more teams that I can appreciate and stuff like that. Um, for me, I'm more of a cash guy. Uh, I like to build my bankroll as it goes on i'll dabble in some other ones like nfl maybe some cfl and things like that just to kind of add to that type of situation but i'm really big on um exploiting pretty much the matchup so whether you're going head to head with a person the good thing is like dk some even FanDuel has it where you have the level of expertise that you're going up against so sometimes you can play the bully if you want to and say hey this guy is a little bit less experienced doesn't have the same you know as me as far as wins or things like that so you go head to head with them win some cash then you have a little extra to go into these so for example dk just put up one for 15 bucks you know you know, got a little bit of room where I could kind of wiggle and kind of play that GP game, but I'm still going to play some head-to-heads and play the, you know, the 50-50s, the double-ups and stuff like that. Just trying to prove it. I know a lot of people don't want to waste their time because they just want to kind of hit big, but I'm I'm really big on just kind of flatlining and just having a steady amount. It also means just extra change from prize picks, which is my bread and butter. I like to keep score of that. I like to see if I can go five for five. Um, I think me and Jared did it once last year out of all 12 weeks. We went five for five. The rest of them were like 67%, so I feel like we did pretty decent. There was only a few weeks where I only hit like two out of the five and didn't hit anything. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm like looking at and where I'm coming from. But let me get your guys' perspective real quick. What do you think about cash? Do you think it's even worth your time? Do you think it's something to where like you would do it for bankroll? I know you guys might have a little different opinion. Do you guys want to go ahead and, and tell you that? I'm I'm pretty anti-cash games. I'm not that like I think it's a bad idea or anything. I just think that like for me, it's just not worth it. Like. I can build what I create as like my optimal lineup and it just, you know, it, it should in theory do well. It's just a lot of work. You know, I'd rather invest the same amount of money in a tournament where I can max out and do stuff like that. But like, I know in theory, it's a grind, you know, like it's, it's not for the, for the week for sure. (laughs) Just, I'm not there yet, man. I need to hit the gym a little bit more maybe or something. Yeah, I think, I mean, my take on cash games, usually, I mean, my my mind is just more boom bust, I feel like, and and I'm better at projecting those guys who have the, the low floor, uh, high ceiling um, versus, you know, somebody who's, who's projected for opportunity. I know, Brandon, you mentioned that you're all about opportunity, and that's kind of how you, uh, you operate. I'm more of a scheme guy, you know, I've... Um, uh, there are offenses that I love and I'll roll with them all season. Um, if, if I think that I can, can get that. I think another thing too, just with cash games, I'm, I'm really big on like symmetry in my, uh, my daily fantasy lineups, um, making sure that I don't have, uh, I, I want equal exposure to all of the lineups that I'm building. I don't want to have my cash lineup in 14 mm-hmm. entries and then have my GPP in like two, because 
for me, that's just emotionally taxing to see your yeah. uh, your lineup that you've only gotten two entries go off. But uh, you know, I I uh, I appreciate the uh, the grind of the cash game, but for the most part, I mean, my uh, my exposure is going to be much heavier on the tournaments. That's you bring up a good point. Like that's a really tough part of like playing DFS is that you know you go into it loving Bijan Robinson and your forty percent Bijan Robinson and all your lineups, and then he's 65% owned the, now all of a sudden I have to hate Bijan Robinson in a sense, right? Like, and that's like the super hard part about it. And that's a great thing. Like a great point you make with like the cash game stuff is that like, yeah, it's, it'd be nice because you have a lot of money invested in the cash game stuff that like, I need Bijan to be great. But like at the same time too, like I'm also trying to win, you know, let's, let's be realistic. You know, the 50 K with the the big $15 entry, those types are great, but like ideally it's like what two, four or 6,000 is for first place. And like, that's great money for us in the CFB world. So now you're battling, you know, that's not, that doesn't make for necessarily the most fun of a Saturday is like that back and forth of seeing the money go up and down and stuff like that. I think for me, when it comes to cash, like one, it's a safety net. So you're almost, you know, you're hoping one, you don't have to worry about exposed regions. So you're not having to look for the, you know, the most obscure, like wide receiver three on a team and hoping that, you know, the wide receiver two went with injury and we caught wind of it in practice literally like 12 hours before we set like a lineup, things like that. So like in cash, it's like, I'm going to pick Xavier Worthy and I'm going to pair him with Card or, you know, yours, whatever the, the argument is today, basically between whoever at C2C. But anyway, you know, whoever's hitting, you don't have to worry about it because you're pretty much guaranteed if they got a good matchup that they're going to hit you know what i mean like you can take a decent running back you can take like a zach evans and things like that you don't have to worry about oh man how many touches is he going to get should i you know pivot to ulysses bentley instead you know things like that in particular so that's kind of where i think like cash is you know if that's for you and that you know it doesn't have to be for everybody but for me i just like a good safety net and not have to worry about that whereas my main focus in in the gpp would be looking at the mismatches, you know, the the matchups, uh, the scheme system, you know, and then best value that you can get, which wide receiver out of that is the cheapest, but still produces the best. And we'll talk about that here in, D- in just a minute or so. But uh, that's kind of where I'm coming from. But how about uh, showdowns? I know you guys don't focus a lot more. I know Ethan said something about showdowns. What are you guys' take on showdowns and CFB? I know they're really popular in the NFL, but what's your guys' take there? So for me, showdowns, I was talking to Ethan about this yesterday, actually, like in I really enjoy the tracking of, of like results and like what I was good at, what I was bad at, you know, and like I was talking to Ethan yesterday about like the different things that I broke down and what I considered important and stuff like that. And like using Excel and being like halfway decent is like fun in like the most nerdiest of ways. Um, and, and Showdown was like one of my best, I kind of broke it down into like four or five categories. It was main, um, afternoon which is like the 3 30 slate i could i said night late night and showdown and i think i might have even said small instead of afternoon just because like the friday three or four game uh, slates in showdown i was like one or two it was like like my best roi and the funniest thing is like i get all jacked up for main slate and it's like my worst like i might have lost money last year on main slate like but i think there's just a lot of edge in showdown uh, we talked about with groups and stacking and the like the right way to kind of like construct lineups, like theoretically speaking in your mind of like, okay, well, is it realistic for this to happen? And I think you can really gain an edge on 10 to 15% of people right off the bat 
from doing something like groups or or like whether you're using an opto or not right like is is to be able to say okay well like this lineup makes absolutely no sense like but this one does right and other people aren't going to do that they're going to combine kickers they're going to combine four running backs or something stupid right like three receivers from one team but not the not the quarterback so like i'm totally in on showdown i think like for me seeing that stuff last year and knowing that the year before too i was positive with it's like okay well i'm probably going to push myself a little bit more out of my comfort zone of playing showdowns and see what happens but to the caveat to that is it's like a lot of like winning the tournament right like i think i won like an ohio east or eastern michigan showdown like a ten dollar entry showdown for like 700 bucks or something and like that's a lot of but that's kind of like what you're playing for so it's a give and take but uh you know we'll see what happens i'm still gonna play main too and still be excited about losing money but here we are yeah i think for showdowns i mean showdowns are just softer uh from what i've seen the big thing that uh i've kind of taken away and it's it's been recent too um i was covering usfl uh for uh, fantasy cruncher and so I, I was dabbling in the usfl uh Dynasty or uh, DraftKings contests, and I noticed that um, I mean showdowns were just super soft. And part of the part of that is USFL. I mean, there's was hardly any news, but a lot of that is kind of mimicked in college football to a lesser extent, um, where you've got these uh, teams that aren't necessarily going to be publicizing everything that's going on in practice week to week. You're going to have those late scratches, things like that, um, and that creates a huge edge. Um, I also think that just with the showdown slate, it really forces you into some tough decisions um, because when you're building your um, your classic lineup on DraftKings, you can go ahead, you can get your game stack on, you can make a, uh, a you can punt a, a receiver for three three thousand and you know get by. Uh, but with showdown, you know you can't just jam in the entire passing offense for a team. Um, you've really got to isolate. Okay, you know I'm gonna go with the quarterback and the, you know, two peripheral options rather than stacking them with the, uh, the main guy. Um, and I mean, that's just, that's just part of the fun and, and being able to do that too. I mean, it creates great opportunity for you not to fully uh, hit your salary, lay some cash when you're going with a, a showdown because it helps differentiate. Um, I think you just get a lot of uh, dupe entries uh, with the, uh, the showdowns too. So if you're able to differentiate a little bit, huge advantage in the showdown slates. And that's, that's what I'm all about. I've, I've really, uh, those, those showdown slates have really grown on me the past few months. Oh, and something that's grown on me actually is of course, prize picks. Of course we have our code and you can use the code C2C to get a matching deposit up to a hundred dollars. And of course we have it specifically for the campus to Canton one. So if you're a first time listening to us here on the, uh, the mainstream with the campus Canton stream, or you listen to us over on, I think we'll be anchor and Spotify, but assume we'll be on other platforms. So you'll be able to hear us there pretty soon as well. Uh, but hit this code. It actually helps out the, the website and it helps us out. So, uh, do that. Get you ready. Um, you know, like I said, we're going to make our actual picks here in week zero, and we're actually going to be looking at this pretty soon. So definitely check out, uh, of course, Prize Picks and hit that code C2C for us as well. Um, and speaking of, you know, we have a nice setup that we're going to do for the season, and we'll kind of line that up for everybody. So we'll move that over here. And of course, these are some of the examples that you're going to see. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about on the pod, but the goal is to try to get these out to where either you're going to see it on the show or you're going to see it in whether it's going to be, I'll, I'll have it to where these guys can edit their own and put it on their own Twitter spaces and things like that as well. But it's where we're going to line it up. We're going to do five, of course, for the prize picks. We want to make sure that you 
you guys are doing the full flex five and see if we can hit in all five of gold to go five for five for that as well. Of course, we're going to do what's called draw the line, which is uh, going to be sports books. So it's going to be our over and unders or the spread and what we're going to take on what game that we have as well. So you're going to see that too. Also, this our section is going to be called Bank on Them, and that's where we're going to do DraftKings and FanDuel. So the stuff we're talking about in DFS, guys, we're taking on there as well. We'll give you kind of three examples. We'll throw in some extra ones in there. So if you guys want to make a full-on lineup, you know, we'll kind of give you that right direction. But that's kind of where we want to taking it this year. Um, and then, of course, you know, we're going to spend time just talking about different strategies and what we think and different players as well. So kind of keep in mind, this is the setup and what we're going to do as well. Um, so we hope you guys enjoyed and uh, I hope you enjoy the uh, graphics and stuff that we're going to provide as well. I think it's going to be very helpful and hopefully we'll kind of get this out in a timely manner. So you guys can do that um, as we get to some action. That's where it's going to be a little bit difficult. We'll try to, I know there's going to be some Tuesday and Wednesday, so we'll try to get as soon as possible, but uh, that's definitely going to be kind of where we're wanting to take it as well. Um, what do you guys think about the, uh, the, the lineup? What do you guys think about the setup? I mean, it looks great. I'm excited to do it. I mean, the thing, the fun thing about the price fix stuff is that like it gives us an easy, great segment to talk about, right? Like stuff that to look at. And I think there's such an edge in seeing it earlier rather than later. So I think we're always going to try to be like as soon as we can surrounding that. Um, but yeah, it should be a fun season. I think between the three of us, we have our own little niches. I will say right now, do the opposite of what I think in terms of gambling, because like in terms of, uh, spreads and totals because you'd think that i could be halfway decent following this much college football i'm the exact opposite so just go the opposite of what i say uh this season so yeah it should be fun i'm excited about it yeah for sure uh i mean i'm right there with you i mean vegas vegas knows what they're doing with the uh the lines they have a little bit more experience than i do when it comes to those uh those over-unders so they're they're usually pretty sharp but I'm excited to uh, get a little bit more uh, familiar and comfortable with that. Um, prize picks, you know, they've taken the world by storm this past uh, year. So I'm I'm super excited to get to that stuff. I, I put out my first prize picks article over on Campus to Canton uh, earlier this week. And uh, it's it's a whole bunch of fun to jump into that and, and dissect, you know, the lines that are going down. And Chris, that's a great point with jumping in early. I'm uh, I'm tracking this year to see kind of what that that edge. I want to be able to quantify what that edge is uh, early in the week versus late in the week. Uh, usually last year I was I was getting around to those you know Friday, Thursday or Friday and missing out on the first few days of those really uh, uh, uneven lines. But I'm excited to jump in a little bit early and uh, you know any any chance that I get to talk DFS, I'm I'm going to be all over those early slates, Brandon. So even if you guys aren't on here, I'm I'm going to be talking about those too. So <laughs> that's that's exciting for me. Yeah, we want to point out the the NIL uh, chat as well as the NIL subscription. Definitely go check that out. Even if you're paying the $7.99 a month, I think it's worth it. If you're paying for the year, you're getting the guides too. I mean, we don't have a DFS guide, but that might be something we could talk about later in you know in future future years and things like that. But definitely go check that out because Ethan supplies that and he also drops it in the NIL chat, so then you can have access to that right away. Um, and then you know you can upgrade, so it's easy to reach out to one of the guys there and they'd be able to move up your subscription for you. So definitely check that out. Um, now that Ethan. Really realizes that if you get it as soon as it drops you definitely have a chance to smash it uh, a lot of times when they drop it it's pretty sporadic we noticed that especially here this past uh i would say the past couple of weeks whether it's the uh the futures or we're looking at you know the actual week zero we were doing um they'll drop something and then realize they're getting smashed on like 110 percent even before us even putting any like you know uh things in there or you know putting in our own calculations but people are just like well that's way too easy of a prop let me go ahead and smash that to hog heaven and and we do and then 
you know, they can't really take it away from me. And if they do, they have to refund the whole entire thing and you, you can start over. Right. So it's a win-win situation at FanDuel and getting on top of it. Uh, usually it's Tuesday afternoons is what they're, they're trying to do. They're trying to be consistent with it. As you get into the action, like I said, it changes because they're doing it uh, throughout the week um, as they get into the men's slates and stuff like that. But now when we only have, uh, you know, the games coming up usually Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, or not Sunday, excuse me. Um, but as you do the Friday and Saturdays, it's a little easier to kind of plan ahead, get ahead of the game. But this is where we're here to kind of help you out. And actually, we can go ahead and uh, see if we can transition over real quick. See if I can. You guys see that okay? Yep. Yeah. Okay, sweet. So we got some week zero. And uh, I usually do fantasy scores. So for me, that's how I found price picks is I found that they can do fantasy points just like in CFF. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I make my bread and butter. But you guys seem to be really good when it comes to pass yards, rush yards, and stuff like that. So do you have uh, just by looking at the, what you've been able to do, uh, we'll start off with Chris. What was one of the ones that you were just like, I can't believe this is actually on here and this is an easy W. What, what are you thinking? Well, the, I think in general, the idea of like yards versus receptions versus points is like super interesting in terms of strategy because I think there's just so many angles you can go about it. I'm pretty open to whatever, right? Like I think, right, like for instance, a great example is Austin Reed. Like Ethan and I, and I think even you a little bit, Brandon, you were available yesterday and we were just chatting about it. But like 300 passing yards is where it was at yesterday. I liked it, but his his uh, fantasy points was 21 and a half. So at that point, it's like, okay, well, I like the fantasy score better than the yards. And I think, Ethan, you said you like the yards more than the points. And I think it just comes down to like, you know, what you feel more comfortable with. I think both of them were great. I think both of them are still good. I would probably lean the fantasy score again. The extra like 25, 30 yards. I'm just very cautious right now about like how good Reed is coming from a D2 school to even the conference USA, which is I think cons like considered probably the second worst conference in football behind the Mac or in front of the Mac maybe. I'm cautious. I think there's like the opportunities there. They're going to pass so much. Like I think the passing touchdowns will come. That's why I went score over yards, but I do like both of them. I think those are like the two ones that stood out besides, I think the Vandy quarterback, Mike Wright passing yards, which I think Ethan, if you want to hop on real quick, I think that was like almost a no brainer as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, just to touch on Austin Reed real quick. I mean, I'd be, I'd be a little bit nervous if he didn't uh, beat out all-star Jarrett Dagey for uh, that starting job there. Uh, I was going to say, this is an unofficial Western Kentucky pod, by the way. And oh, yeah, absolutely. Go, go toppers here. But uh, no, I, I think I think it's interesting, you know, the breakdown between yardage, receptions, fantasy points. Um, interesting, too. I mean, that, that Austin Reed line jumped up, what, 25 yards, but it jumped up two full fantasy points because of it. So... I mean, I, I'd probably leave it, lean even harder uh, passing yards now, but, you know, who who knows what we're getting with Austin P. Like, <laughs> I, I uh, included that, uh, you know, Austin P. is we, – we had them on a, a, a DraftKings slate a few years ago, and, I mean, they, they performed pretty well, but uh, – Chris, I know you're you're pretty heavy on the fact that if, if – Western Kentucky doesn't put up like 40 on them. I mean, if they don't score 30, then we're, they're in trouble. Okay. Like, yeah. Uh, I, that's fair. And I think the reason why I lean points in, I think it's because of the blowout factor. Because 
you get a, a defensive touchdown, a kick return touchdown, that's you're already up 14. Like, is is Reed gonna have the opportunity to throw for 330? But like there's a shot he gets, like in the worst case scenario, he gets the rushing one rushing touchdown and three passing touchdowns. And then all of a sudden he only needs like 225 passing or something like that, right? The blowouts are just fickle. I think blowouts in general throw everything off and like make it very nuanced. But yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it's gonna ultimately there's gonna be a lot riding on Western Kentucky's defense. Um, because I mean that's always something that that worries me whenever I do uh put any, you know, players in my lineup or uh do any of these lines from prize picks. Uh, that are in blowout games. I mean, it takes, what, two turnovers to really slant that game to, oh, all of a sudden Western Kentucky's up three scores. What are they going to do? But I I would say that at the same time, Western Kentucky's going to be throwing the ball regardless, um, especially now breaking in Austin Reed, not having Jarrett Dagey to rely on in later on down the, the road. Um, you know, they want to they wanna get him acclimated, get him in rhythm quick. Um, which I think suggests that they may keep him in a little bit longer. Uh, same thing with Jordan Travis. Um, I, I noticed those lines were pretty uh, favorable. Uh, there was some pushback, I know, in the, the C2C Discord when I said I was all over the Jordan Travis line, the 214.5 on passing yards, uh, because he Jordan Travis only hit that two times uh, last year. But, um, you know, in my article, I, I break down a little bit more about how um, – you know, they're playing Duquesne, and Duquesne is awful. Um, they're a, a middling uh, FCS team. Uh, they were able to beat Ohio last year, but, uh, I mean, it's Ohio. It's the Bobcats. It's Mac, bottom barrel Mac action. Um, so I, I really like it. I, I expand a little bit uh, on why. But, I mean, Jordan Travis has LSU the following week. You can't tell me that Mike Norvell is not going to want to get him hot, get him confident especially when this is the first year really that Travis has owned that position and owned that role. Um, they want him to, to be the man. Um, I think so. I'm, I'm very happy on that, that two fourteen and a half. but uh, you also mentioned Vandy uh, with Mike Wright. Um, originally prize picks put out the, the prop for Ken seals, <laughs> the backup there at Vandy. And uh, they had him at one sixty two and a half uh, for passing yards. And then they noticed everybody smashing the under just in case he gets some garbage time sma- snaps. And then, uh, they tried to correct it by putting out Mike Wright and somehow they had an even lower line of one sixty and a half for Mike Wright, um, against just a garbage Hawaii secondary that returns two guys. So I'm, I'm all in on that. Uh, Mike Wright, that, that line has actually jumped up 25 yards, mm-hmm. I believe as well. So Austin Reed and Mike Wright really getting getting smashed on the over, but I mean this is this is just why I love Week Zero. Like we get a, a full ten days, two weeks to really dissect these lines and and hammer them every which way. So what I think. Bring... Go ahead, Chris. Uh, yeah, sorry. What I think is really interesting is that like you you think Vandy, you think okay, well they're going to get pummeled, right? Like they're just going to get killed. So maybe that's why the lines, but like they're not like this it like. Hawaii's not good. And so, like, Vanderbilt, are they the favorite? Or are yes, they, they so are. So they're the favorite at Hawaii, right? Or are they at home? Uh, it's in Hawaii. They are favorite. I have it here. That's amazing, right? So to yeah. me, I'm like, okay, well, like, Mike Wright is definitely, I think, a little bit more dual threat than he is, like, straight po- uh, pocket passer. But, like, 
he's not like just just a like to me the Jordan Travis line my projections have him at like 258 so like that's an over and that's a pretty substantial number but it still kind of scares me because of the blowout but like this Mike Wright number is still comical to me like yeah, there's a shot yeah right like it's a close game they're gonna win in the the total like the overall Vegas total is like pretty solid I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Wright threw for 300. Yeah, like, I mean, the, the implied uh, final of that game, uh, just with the over-under and the total, it's like 31 to 24. I think it's got a 55 uh, yeah. on the, the total. At least it was this weekend. So I'm I'm baffled by that line. That seems like a, a real main line that prize picks toss out there, knowing that you need to get another one uh, to, to win. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think my projections right now currently have him at 245 passing yards. Like, I don't know, man. I just that this is a scenario where I think you lean passing yards. What is his fantasy point total, Brandon? I want to say it was like 21 and a half. Brandon's see, like for me, that like I know the rushing ability. Rushing ability is like so great for fantasy points because obviously six point touchdowns and 50 rushing yards is five points. But like this is a scenario where I see. The passing yards is a, is a better out. It's 180. It's 185. Like, yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah. So it looks like Mike Wright is at 17.0 fantasy points. So do you guys take in the uh, the travel? I mean, it's all the way to Hawaii, Vanderbilt's East Coast. Do you guys factor any of that in when it comes to your type of projections? Or is it really a non-factor for you guys? What are your thoughts there? Not not in week zero. <laughs> I I, think... They got to be out there by Thursday, right? Um, I, yeah, I, I, I would practice, imagine right? they, they get all their... Uh, they're sightseeing in because they're they're probably out of there, you know, Saturday night. Yeah, I just wanted to throw it past you. I just think it's it's interesting. A lot of people I, don't factor the travel, and then they get. I get it, it's week zero. They've had all off season, and they're probably more rested up than they've ever been this whole off season. I mean, they're probably, you know, practicing things like that. But the travel, I mean, it, it factors. Yeah, I think it's probably the other way around. Maybe it's the other way around. I think it's the time. I think if stuff. it was a four or five, you know, like the pack, you know, like when you see um like uh the the black friday games you know like who was it last yeah. year that played at like 11 a.m east or 12 a you know noon there was east, a pack 12 game that was at like 9 a.m last year that but was, it was not yeah 9 a.m local it's like yeah it's like when they um you know when you see like the baseball games these days that start at like 11 30 or something it's like pound the under you know like yeah because like that's a real thing but I think going the other way is probably not as big of a deal, but I think in general, that's a good thing to think about because that can impact it for sure. Yeah. I know all the, all the NFL pods always like to talk about the, uh, the West coast letdown when they're, they're traveling across the country, you know, Oakland going to Miami for yep. an early game or something like that. Playing so, at one o'clock. Yeah, absolutely. Like what, what are they getting up for? Like, uh, I, I do have a question though, Chris, uh, uh, regarding the Jordan Travis uh, projection, does it make you feel any better that Max Duggan threw for 202 yards in the first half against Duquesne last year? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think Jordan Travis is is a really bad passer. <laughs> I think like, and I hope his mom's not listening. I actually kind of hope she is listening because that would be pretty but cool. But Joe Mike from CFF site, that's his boy this year. I know. <laughs> but this is like the whole, the Burning Red shirt, we did this graphic. It was like bad right. but effective. Like Garrett Schrader, Jordan Travis, bad but effective. Like they can't, they're quarterbacks that can't pass it, but 
they pass enough and they just run it like crazy. Like, I think we joked that like, he might be broken by like game three, like he might be done because they just run him so much. Um, he gets so beat up. That's pretty good though. If Max Duggan can run or throw for 200, like, that's a pretty good. I have a, a lot invested in week zero, so I don't know if I'm going to be dabbling more, but that would probably be my next diversification there for sure. So if he can't pass, what do you think about the rush of 44.5? <laughs> I think I would, you know, you run in these blowouts where they just hand it off is the problem. I think I'd be more inclined to do fancy point total. Um, that way I can kind of get both sides of it covered. 22 is not bad at all considering. I mean, he could run for 60 yards and two touchdowns and be basically there, you know. I'm a little more interested in – I know Micah Pittman is uh, on that Florida State offense this year, and, I mean, he's he's a burner. I Especially in these blowout games where there's such a speed mismatch, such an athleticism mismatch, you know, anything on the, the south side of 250 for passing yards in a, a game like that, I really – there's just so many ways you win. I, I mean, if if they do get into a game that's a little bit closer, then I mean you're gonna have the back and forth, and you're gonna you're gonna hit it that way. If it's a blowout and they're really just smoking them on offense, they should be able to get a few big plays that way too. So that's just my take. So I want to bring up one since we're already in the fantasy points. So me and Chris had a good conversation about Josh Downs. Of course, I have to do my homer selection of the week. Basically, I just felt like his uh, fantasies too right if that makes sense and i think me and chris were kind of deep diving into if we looked at you know of course the vegas line's not really out we try to look at dk sportsbook still not up but his projections like you know you count for the blowout and things like that Uh, i mean it's josh downs if he gets open and bust out you know a few catches and a couple touchdowns and it's a wrap and he's got it but it just feels like it's too right on the money with the 19 do you guys usually fade i mean it's it's probably easy. You just fade away from the ones that are too right. But are you bullish on certain players? Like I know Carolina's more, you know, get past and stuff like that. But I know Ethan, uh, you're more of a, a systems guy and, and things like that. What do you think on uh, players just being too right, or, or are you still bullish regardless of the system? Yeah, I think you know a team that I was really excited to play in Week Zero. I saw the prize pick lines and I was really bummed. Is Charlotte? Um, I, I love that offense. They are like garbage time Kings, those guys with, uh, uh, Reynolds, Chris Reynolds and, uh, Grant DeBose. I know they originally had trotted out the Victor Tucker line first, and I think they were just kind of, you know, testing the water, seeing what kind of action they'd get on that. Um, they're really going to be alternating. I mean, DeBose is the, the number one there. Um, and I think Elijah Spencer is kind of creeping up the depth chart last year. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Tucker or not Tucker, uh, Spencer was injured a little bit. And so it was really DeBose and Tucker. Um, but Spencer has been making some noise. I know he was originally like all conference freshman of the year or something like that. Um, so I, I was really excited. And then I saw the projections for that, uh, that Charlotte and Florida Atlantic game. And there's nothing I feel good about. I mean, 18 points for Grant DeBose. I was like, ooh, I'm going to be a little sneaky. But no, they, they're they bullish too. So I uh, I was bummed on that one. I usually stay away if it's not something that I feel is a, a pretty big margin. Yeah, I think the key here is if you look at it, if you catch it kind of early enough, you can find stuff that you like. And you can even diversify a little bit. And you still find stuff you like. Like, for instance, Josh Downs for me is around 20 points. 
technically that's an over. It's not really high enough. And considering blowout, considering all the other options, why would I even bother, right? Like I'm not playing a thousand bucks on prize picks week zero. You know, I don't need, I don't need to find that much action, right? So I think if you play early enough and you see it and you're, you find the ones, you don't need to go risky because that's how prize picks makes their money, right? Like kind of Ethan alluded to it earlier, right? Like they kind of throw out, I think, some softer lines here and there. And DraftKings will do the same thing with pricing because everybody wants to build a nice lineup. If you made it super difficult week zero, people are going to come back because it's going to be super annoying, right? How many times do you start a lineup and you're playing a sport you've never played before? Uh, F1 or baseball for me. And I'm like, well, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> like I cancel and I'm out, right? They want to create soft lineups um and make it easy for you and so because of that you know search for those you don't have to go for the the tight ones do, if gun to my head do i think don's goes over yes is it worth putting money on a prize fix this week no or next week no i don't think so yeah and that that 19 line too just like screams like walmart pricing where they price it just under 20 to try and make you think oh well i'm not spending 20 dollars. it's it's a value it's only like, 19 it's 19 exactly so i i get that vibe from it too um i'm was wondering you guys i know brandon a little bit earlier you had mentioned you you like stacking those five picks trying to trying to uh hit all five of them i'm curious what you guys do i feel like i read somewhere last season that optimal uh ticket was either two or four um to make to have the best ev um projected I'm curious what you guys what you guys do. What's your preference? I, I usually follow that two two to four uh, rule. But what do you guys do? Um, me personally, I do the five because it's the maximum. You know, like I said, boomer bust. I guess in prize picks, I'm the boomer bust guy. Versus in D, you know, DK and Fanduel, I'm probably more a little bit more conservative, more mismatch type situation. But for me, it's the ultimate payout. I mean, really, you can what five times it. So I mean, like we were able to do it, you know, quite a few times. And if not, you're at least still getting like even if you hit three out of the five, you're still getting some type of you know profit to kind of go on with it. The optimal, I'd say, is probably the the two, the power play. Uh, because I think you could pick the easiest two, um, you know, our, our friends Froton and Mike Bainbridge, which you'll see both of them on this, you know, show here coming in the next few weeks and stuff like that. They really are big on finding the two easiest ones and just smashing the two and doing that type of situation. I know they made a ton of money, so I definitely agree with you, Ethan. I think it's probably the more optimal. I'm just, when it comes to it, I just want the max payout. And if it means I can get a three times or five times, you know, if I hit the three to five range, that's kind of what I'm looking for. So I'm looking to go over at least 50%, you know, I'm wanting to have at least over two and a half. So, you know, get those three, that's kind of what I'm shooting for. Ultimately, I want the five. So, you know, that week that me and Jared did it, we just got super lucky. The we got super close. It was a, what I also call it a butthole clincher type situation. Austin Reed. So <laughs> that's kind of the situation for us. Uh, it was one of those where me and him were literally like screaming at the TV. I think it was like a later night game. I want to say, I want to say it's a random team like UTSA or something like that. We need was it Carson play. strong? Cause I had a late it night, go to bed, woke up was, and I was uh, like, Whoa, what are the, what is this? It was the one like, uh, Carson Ethan's <laughs> like, a, like, you know, Carson Steele. It was just one of those where it's like this uh, obscure, like, random team in the middle of the noon or evening. We are just praying for an extra two yards or something like that. We hit and we uh, we celebrate. We went wild in the chat. So it was it was pretty dope. So kind of that's, you know, I'm looking for that euphoric feeling. However, I am looking to hit three out of five. But I will say if you are going to just, you know, hey, I just want to make my money for the week and move on, definitely go for the power play up too. That's probably kind of what I'm thinking. Would you guys think the same thing? Or you know, It sounds like. It sounds like you're the reason why Prize Picks is still around. 
basically. basically. No, I'm just kidding. Because I'm the same boat. I think optimally the two is the best, right? Like I think Ethan's on it there. What I've heard, I don't know the the reasoning, but it's just from people that I like really respect in the industry in terms of playing and then like just being around it. It's the two. The problem is, right, it's just not sexy. Or you have to just invest a lot to win enough. But some of these people are putting like five hundred, seven hundred, a thousand dollars on some of these. So like it, they make it worth it. For us, like I'm not, you know, I've gotten a little bit crazy on some of these, but I haven't gotten that crazy. Um, I will usually do two, three, or five. It's usually two or five. Um, I like it's actually I think Brandon, it's actually ten times your entry if you yeah, get all five right. Yeah. Um, which is which 20, is isn't it? It's what's, I think it's three, five, ten, and twenty. Is the, they've changed it a few times through the past couple of years, but yeah, I think now it's. I want to say it's either ten to twenty times now. So it's like a ridiculous payout. I'm on those those four uh, power fours, and it's five dollars slip is fifty. So okay, so that's the ten times. So probably the five is probably a twenty time payout. That's ridiculously good if you hit. You know, so it's just, just one of those things. That's probably why they're in business, Chris. I think you're onto something. They got me, they got me by the the hook, man. <laughs> See, they're pumping you cash. They're like, "Come on, Brandon, come on back and play a couple more." I mean, we got promo codes. We got you know <laughs> deposits. When I went a little extra here, you know, I I slip it right on you know DK. I just slide it right on over to Prize Picks and just try to you know double dip. That's the great thing about yeah. this podcast and what we're kind of covering is just ways that we can win and you know increase our bankroll as we're moving up and there as well. Um, let's stop the sharing while, while you're transitioning i think in general when it comes to college football right like and you're playing it fantasy wise try to be on it early prize picks um right like you want to be on it early there's there's a benefit to kind of paying attention right like it's going to come out probably tuesday afternoon or wednesday afternoon for saturday so try to be around you can get a good line be in the right discords be on twitter and follow the right people and you can get some good info. All of us will hit it, and then we'll tweet it out. That's typically the way to do it, because of course, right? Um, and then it's like knowledge is power. Like do the research, follow the right people. You can, in terms of like the DFS standpoint of it, when you haven't hit the stuff early on price picks, it's that extra knowledge and just like following the right people and and knowing what's going on that's going to help you build your better lineups. And it's being patient too, right? Like. Don't go for the five for five every time. It's great. You'll hit it. It's kind of like a parlay in betting, right? You hit it once, you lose the next 15, and then you hit it once, and that's how uh, Vegas makes their money. I'm a little curious, too. I don't know if you guys have any research on this, but using you know prize picks to project um, where the public's going to be on uh, DraftKings ownership and things like that, because, I mean, they're giving you a projection. People who aren't going and making their own projections, they might lean a little heavily on on what prize picks is, is thrown out there. I this haven't – I think – I mean, there's probably some validity to it for sure. I mean, people are going to see that and think, like, well, if the over-under on his fantasy points is 26, like, that's kind of crazy high for a running back. So, I haven't gone too much into it. I think there's definitely probably some sort of value to it. I just – Never my my that. guess is that that would be more useful information in cash games than in tournament plays. Yeah, because you're getting the median projection rather than the ceiling projection. So, just some thoughts there. Yeah, let's uh let's pivot over to, and I think we'll bring this up again. Sorry for the people listening. All right, we're gonna bring up the sports book. Um, 
so this is the coming up on there as well. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the good games. I mean, you're gonna have Nebraska Northwest, and of course that's in Dublin, Ireland. So that's a whole other scenario. Once again, we might be talking about some jet lag. We might be talking about other things like that. Maybe it's not. It's week zero, right? Uh, Wyoming, Illinois, Nevada, and New Mexico State. Of course, we can see John Law's favorite team, UConn, go down to Utah State in week one. Uh, so that'll be a good one. Of course, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic is always gonna be a good one. So there's some good ones on the tick on there as well. Of course, we don't get any of the good stuff. I don't see, you know, Western Kentucky versus Austin P. I don't get to see Duquesne getting slammed by Florida State. You don't get to see my Tar Heels smash on Florida A&M or whatever that's going there. So a lot of the ones I would usually just grab and take the over on. That's not going to be a, a thing there as well. So what's your thoughts on Sportsbook in general? I know you guys have maybe a chance to look at a little bit or maybe you did uh, Caesars or something like that. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, the week zero one as far as the games that are uh, we, we think are going to matter a little bit more because they're against, you know, FBS opponents. I would be, I would lean towards under on like the Nebraska Northwestern of 50 and a half with it being in uh, Ireland. That is a little bit crazy. Plus like, I don't have any, I don't that this game screams 20 to 17 to me. Like, so maybe you go with Northwestern as well. I think like if you think under, then then taking Northwestern makes a little sense. But like, do you really want to root for Northwestern slow, methodical, awful offense? See, Chris, I think you and I both have that Big Ten bias kicking in though. We we've we've experienced far too many uh, you know five to three games. Yeah, too many brutally <laughs> slow, awful, awful, awful football games. I mean, the rest of them seem pretty decent, right? Like. Man, when you get in the depths of like New Mexico State, um, the UConn games with a huge number, uh, my other first thoughts seeing these were more like over on the Utah State game of 16 and a half. I think like UConn's bad, right? They're going to get pummeled, but like I think they'll score 14, 20. So that, that, that puts it really pretty close to that over. So I like the over there. Um, Wyoming has like nobody left on their team from last year, right? Like everybody left. Just the running back. That's yeah, all there's I care about. Swain. <laughs> and that technically was the second string, technically or one B at least. So maybe you go Illinois. I know everybody loves them some Isaiah Williams. So like maybe you go Illinois minus ten. But again, just go the opposite, and you'll probably win some money this, that weekend. I'm I'm pretty interested in that Charlotte Florida Atlantic game. Like I said. I think that's going to be a shootout. I know last year Florida Atlantic uh, held them pretty well in check. Um, but uh, Reynolds is coming back. I think he's a six-year senior with his uh, COVID yeah, year. Super um, senior. I'm, I'm all about those veteran offenses. I think they'll be able to uh, contend against Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic, again, another year removed from Lane Kiffin. So any recruiting uh, holdovers that they've had. I know Nikosi Perry is still on there. He's been playing for like 20 years, it seems like. But uh, we'll we'll see on that one. North Texas UTEP. Uh, I know uh, Chris Moxley is excited about that. I'm I'm on the the UNT train as well. Even I'm I'm cautious with the news that it looks like it's going to be Austin Ani instead of uh, Grant Gunno. But I mean, what can you do? I think you know they're they'll be they'll be up tempo for sure, regardless in what they do. Um, I'm actually probably more interested in playing uh, the over on that game than actually having pieces in my lineup uh, because I think that they're going to be kind of rotating that backfield and really running running the ball and 
moving quickly on offense. So that's that's a recipe for a committee backfield, um, if I've ever heard one. So I'm, I'm interested there. You know, I think UConn is going to be a little bit better than we expect. Uh, they've got Jim Mora Jr. Um, as their new head coach over there. I've heard, uh, I think Brandon, I, I was listening to the back catalog of future freshmen. I finally been able to catch up on a few of those. And uh, uh, Zion uh, Turner, oh, yeah. Turner, yeah, Zion Turner. Uh, Five, three know, star. He might get some play. I know. Fomachan's uh, brother uh, transferred over there as well, so that'll be an interesting battle. Uh, there's the there's their wide receiver one. I forget the kid's name, but he's actually doing really Cameron decent Ross. in camp. Yeah, yeah Ross yeah. is actually a good one. And then uh, it's not Mensa. He's finally gone. So there's that's wide Burns open. Is, is there former Miami Hurricane? Right. You know, there's so, there's talent. Yeah, there's some option. I think they'll put some points on the board, but Utah State with the weapons that they – I mean, I get it. It's not, uh, It's not. you know, Norville and those guys over – you know, it's not Colorado State anymore. But at the same time, they still got some lingering guys that were looking for who's going to be the alpha. But you have three solid wide receivers that are just going to get completely open. I don't think they separate too much from that per se. Um, I, I think it's going to be, you know, an interesting game where you can probably take – I don't know. Would you take an over of 60.5 or do you, you know, do you play that safe? Uh, that's risky. I, yeah, I, I mean, I think too, I think, I think the under is probably the play and I think it might be a little bit closer than we think Utah state's got Bama the following week. Oh. So easy look ahead spot. Yeah. Uh, and I also heard some rumblings that, uh, Logan Bonner might not be the quarterback this year. Really? Was it Cooper Lagasse? Well, it's the, we've been talking about this. Andrew yeah. Katz has been trying to work this into yeah, yes. Speak this into existence. He thought and had heard, like from reading stuff, that like Logan Bonner was going to potentially miss a game or two or something like that. Um, but he, Bonner practiced last week or the week before, so I think Bonner plays. Who knows? Saw, like he could be. What does practicing really mean these days? It could be super vague, but. I don't know. I think both of them are viable, good quarterbacks. So, right? Didn't Lagos go crazy last year in the bowl game or what have you? Like, I could be wrong. I feel like he's got some mobile upside too. He uh, does. I just, yeah. I, think he's still I just saw the the clippings from some some uh, beat writer saying that he was taking first team snaps. But if 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 he uh, was, Bonner, he yeah. was. I think due to the injury. So Bonner got hurt. I think in the bowl game, they said it was a knee and a. Apparently it was like not bad enough to like, you know, if it's an ACL, you're out more than eight months. Yeah. Eight, nine months. Um, but that was not the case. Uh, well, or maybe it just wasn't like as serious, but I don't know. They, those G5 schools, man, they just play it so close to the chest. Like they, they said he was taking snaps and practicing, but like, what if he's just like, you know, your Thursday dry run, fake handoff type stuff like technically that's practicing so why are they so secretive like that man it's just like nah we're not gonna do a spring game we don't care about our fans we got a top secret project i was like you guys gonna get smashed by alabama what are you doing well (laughs) i still like i think both of them are good quarterbacks that's one of those scenarios i think that like if they announced bonner uh, bonner was out like i would almost be like man i almost want him out because the line might move towards UConn and then I might get that Utah State number at a better number and I think Cooper Legas or it feels like it should be something fancier than that Legat, uh, yeah Legat should uh would still be good and like still be productive to the same level so he's not some unproven guy he's had some solid production in his career all things considered 
So what do you think about this conversation told me anything on staying away from that that game? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So how about Hawaii and Vanderbilt? I think that could put up some numbers. I mean, Vanderbilt, maybe not. Hawaii's going to put up the majority of the numbers, especially if Tommy Chang's in the house. But, you know, uh, you know, what do you guys think over and under 55? I think if it's going to be a bigger game. I think Hawaii's going to have to do, what, three-fourths of that, you know, as far as to, to kind of do it. Vandy's not terrible. I mean, we, we talked about good old there, Mike Wright. So what do, you, what do you think there? So Hawaii was, I believe, 129th in the country in pass defense last year. Right. They returned two defensive starters, which is the kind of thing where, like, okay, they were bad. So does returning less starters actually a good thing? They might get an infusion of talent. But – you know, I think it's going to be a situation where they're not going to be able to keep up. I mean, Vanderbilt's not flashy at all, but they're technically an SEC school with some talent, and I think that I think that they'll be able to to comfortably cruise. It really comes down to what um, what uh, Clark Lee wants to do with Vanderbilt's offense. Is he? I have a feeling. You know, he's a defensive guy. He's going to want to ground and pound um once they get ahead and so i think that limits some upside um but hawaii brings in uh their offense this year was the head coach at eastern washington eric morris and he just threw at a ridiculous rate um i mean he was i mean this is going to be a high-flying timmy chang offense this is going to be you know throwback to the early the early aughts with you know uh oh gosh who i mean Timmy Chang obviously was a quarterback there, but um, you know all of those great high-flying offenses that they had. I'm I'm very excited for that. The only thing is, I think there's a legitimate chance that this offense is just not good enough to run it. When you're you've got four quarterbacks that are still competing ten days before the game. Yeah, they whittled it down yeah, to four, so which is pretty cool to see. Yes, the full um, rotation. Yeah, I there's just so many angles to it. This feels like when the prize fix number is a little too close to what you like or, uh, or a little too far away from what you like. Um, there's just so many variables in play, right? Like Vandy coming to Hawaii. Vandy being pretty bad, but they're also SEC. Then you have a new coaching staff at Hawaii that's got like a ton of offensive production gone between Calvin Turner and uh, – uh, Ponoke and all those guys are seem to be gone. And now, you know, you'd like one guy to separate, maybe two quarterbacks to separate at this point, you know, but is it also coach speak? So there's just a lot of variables going in play. Like I feel like what's going to suck the money into it is the fact that it's the last game of the day. People are going to be chasing money. That showdown is going to be sweet, man. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm is. chasing the showdown. Oh, everything. For sure. oh yeah. I'm definitely burning money on that one, but in terms of actually betting one or the other, like I feel like that one to me is more like a watch the first quarter and then bet it live if you have to, because like that's where I think there's games for sure where you're like, I think I have an idea, but I'd like to see what happens first or even better. Like you think, okay, well, like, you know, the other team's going to go up seven zero. I think they're going to do something well real quick. And then the other team bounces back. That's when you can get like a favorable line, but not a gambler in that aspect. So good luck. So let's talk about uh, DK for just a minute, and then we'll kind of wrap this up and kind of put a bow on it. So, you know, it released today. We only got one game you know, as far as what's available. Of course, no values or anything like that as well. But some of the games that are there, of course, Western Kentucky versus Austin P. Of course, we got Florida State and Duquesne. Uh, some of our favorite ones as well. So, uh, you know, just general talking, uh, 
what do you feel of, you know, it's going to be a general strategy that you're looking or what do you think? Let's, let's go with this. What do you think the majority of people are going to do? So do you think there's going to be a lot of stacking or are you going to zag as people are kind of on top of this, like, oh, snap, uh, Western Kentucky's getting popular because of the offense. So they're awfully going to go, you know, are we looking at popularity there? Are we looking at, you know, people owning them and things like that? What, what are your thoughts as far as these games or do you think they pivot to the bigger names like the UNCs and Florida States? Do you think they are on top of them versus Western Kentucky? What are your guys' thoughts there? I think people are going to remember the Western Kentucky name for sure. And it's, I think we all agree, Austin Reed's going to be like 1,200 less than he should be, which is going to cause a, just going to be a mess. I think people are going to gravitate to Florida State and UNC, but you never know, you know, like maybe they're priced up. Um, So there's some, some variables in place still there, but it's so hard, you know, what DraftKings does makes it so difficult when they include the Idaho States and the, and the uh, Duquesne, like, I mean, I get it, but like, come on, like, is there not a way to play Western Kentucky, but not Austin P players? That's what makes it really difficult early. And as much as I'm excited about week zero being here, it's like, it's not necessarily the, the best slate. No, it's sketch. Profitability. It's real sketch. I think I think we'll get to see how sharp the public is uh, with this slate, though, because we do have teams like Western Kentucky on there. Um, you know, a few years ago, probably three or four years ago, you look at this Florida State-Duquesne matchup, and you have such intense ownership on Florida State because it's such a mismatch. Power five team going against an FCS team. Um, I personally, I mean, I know I've already mentioned how much I love Western Kentucky. I'm probably going to be underweight on Austin Reed uh, for for week zero. Um, I'll I'll probably be rolling, you know, a little bit of Casey Thompson uh, with Trey Palmer, uh, trying to get that Whipple stack. You know, maybe they catch Northwestern, usually pretty stout defense. Maybe they catch them asleep a little bit. Uh, UNLV has some talent against an Idaho State team that I legitimately know zero about. So I'm going to dig in a little bit there, see if I can figure out, you know, how – I mean, some of these SCS teams are legitimately talented enough to compete in the lower G5s um, and make some noise. I don't think Idaho State is one of those. Uh, so, I mean, I'm I'm curious on, on what that looks like. But I'm, yeah, like I said, I, I think I'm going to be underweight on, on Austin Reed and those passing options. Yeah, uh, it might change by next week, but I'm starting to think about, you know, the fading of the, you know, initially it was like, oh, I'm going to grab Austin Reed. I'm going to grab Daywood Davis. I'm going to take Joshua Simon. I'm just going to snack them up. But the more I think about it, a lot of people might be on that because of the offense. So I'm looking at, you know, maybe the cheaper stacks like a Chris Reynolds and a Duquesne type situation you know, against FAU, um, you know, things like that you're talking about, maybe catch Casey Thompson when he's at one of his lower values you know, for the year. Cause if he blows up, which I, you know, I've said on a couple of pods, I think Casey Thompson might be that one transfer that might make the biggest difference, you know, coming in this year, especially in the offense season and with Trey Palmer in town as well. I think that's a great pairing. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of looking at fading into a different one as well. Uh, I definitely want to stay away from UNC's QB thing. So that I won't be taking either or until they figure that out. And we won't see that till App State. And then they got up against a, a tough, you know, run defense. So, you know, you have to look at that in week one as well. So that's where I was like, I would, I, you know, I might not take Joshua. Uh, I might not take Josh Downs. I might take, you know, I'll take the the freshman. I'll take Dre Green Jr. and see if, uh, you know, as he's coming up, maybe I can take him on a super cheap play, throw him in a flex kind of situation. But 
Uh, even a Jordan Travis, I think, would be decent as far as actual fantasy points is concerned because of the dual threat that he has. Um, this would be the one game where he kind of was able to break out, like you said, get his confidence up before he takes on a tougher LSU where you probably would not play him in that type of week. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, is you guys similar in thoughts or is it just something that's just like, I know we're not trying to deep dive into it because we're going to definitely make our picks next week and we'll, you know, we'll have everything there. But just initial thoughts is before we uh, wrap things up. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see pricing, right? Like you make a great point with North Carolina quarterbacks. Like that's going to be a trap. It sounds like from everything that you've heard and everything that the fact that no one's been announced, that that could be close to a 50-50. Like talk about a great opportunity for Mac Brown to find his guy is to kind of rotate the quarterbacks. And if they're priced anywhere decent, like 18 points isn't going to cut it. And 18 points is still not a bad game when you're playing 50% of the time. So it'd be interesting to see how high Josh Downs is, right? Like great name, obviously great production and talent, but like if he's that high, you know, in a blowout, it might not work. So there's just a lot of variables in play where you got to see the pricing. Um, I think like the guys that are like super heavy dependent on, right? So like you say, Casey Thompson and, and Trey Palmer, like those, that's going to be a tight game, but not a crazy high total, but like, that volume should be there for those two, right? Like the Jordan Travis should be there in theory for those two. And, you know, don't forget Florida state, like, you know, they almost lost to Jacksonville state or did they lose to Jacksonville state? I don't even remember, but it was damn close. Yeah. So like, right. So like, I mean, I was looking at it earlier because I made a mention of like some of these FCS teams, I won't even do projections for because, like, if their team total is, like, nine, I'm not touching it. Like, Duquesne's team total is not going to be nine. Like, I there's a – Duquesne's last year, they scored, like, 35 points a ton of times. What was weird, though, is, like, they didn't have it – it was not very concentrated. It was very spread out. So, like, I don't know if we're going to have to worry about, like, a Duquesne player popping, but I think that's great news for Florida State. Not fans, but us DFS fans, right? So – we got to see pricing first. I think next week will be a fun, a fun pod because we'll have that info and be able to, to, to dive into it a little bit, but um, you know, any DFS is better than no DFS at this point. So I'm, I'm thankful. Yeah. I mean, it, it is going to come down to pricing. Pricing is going to dictate. I say I'm going to be underweight on Western Kentucky. I'm either going to be underweight or I'm going to be doing complete game stacks with like four options. Um, where you've got Corley, Simon, and uh, Davis in there. I think that's the only way to do it. I think, especially on a smaller slate like this, I'm really going to explore not necessarily being as correlated as I usually am. Um, I think there's a great opportunity for a guy like Austin uh, Reed, who we're not necessarily, like, we've heard that he's athletic in camp, but is that just... You know, I think Chris, you made the comment. That's because they've been comparing it to Bailey's Abbey. Like, obviously, anybody's going to be explosive compared to Zappy. But uh, I mean, it's going to be the opportunity where you get a guy who's a pocket passer and he throws for you know four or five touchdowns. Um, it might not be as good of a, a game as you know if Jordan Travis runs for two and throws for three. Um, he's going to have the better quarterback day, and his receivers aren't going to necessarily line up as as stacked as maybe western kentucky's are so uh, on these smaller slates i always look at things like that try and find a mobile quarterback um and hope that the pocket passer quarterback who's in the air raid just doesn't go off off and doesn't run for any like quarterback sneak cheap touchdowns like that um 
that's that's something that I'm interested in. Uh, but obviously, the pricing is going to be so so key in this, just because you know maybe maybe DraftKings surprises us and it's a little bit tighter than we think it is. But at the same time, there are also going to be those three thousand starters, like those those players who are three thousand dollars and they're they starting in the lineup. So it's going to be so many options on there. So I'm I'm excited for it, and you know I obviously have been awaiting this this week coming up for a long time <laughs> yeah i would say on cash i'm going to smash that big stack that we were talking about with, with west kentucky i think it's just it's going to be easy money man especially when you don't have to worry about the ownage and you know having to go up against thousands of players when the gpp so we just make you the money go over the 50 50 i think it's a safe bet for sure um but i want to thank both of you guys for hopping on of course this is our very first episode just wanted to kick things off and kind of get you you know what can you expect the format and things like that uh we'll start with ethan first can you just tell people where they can find you um and just any of the work that you have and maybe explain what you're going to be working on on the website here in the coming season as far as uh writing content not just the podcast yeah absolutely so uh you can find me on twitter uh, my handle is my name ethan sowers that's s-a-u-e-r-s um i am writing at fantasy cruncher as well as campus to canton um on fantasy cruncher i'm gonna have more uh game breakdowns uh, on campus to canton uh, you'll be able to see more prize pick stuff uh you'll see some uh some DraftKings, I'll, I'll likely cover some of the smaller uh, contests, um, some of the peripheral slates that they do. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful that I'll be able to do an article on uh, stacks every week as well um, to be able to kind of get that correlation game going. And uh, how about you, Chris? Yeah, so I'm Realist Chris K. That's E-S-T, Chris K at, uh, on Twitter. Uh, I do pods with uh, BTR underscore pod, uh, burning the red shirt. And we have a good time there. A, a different feel, different format, which everybody always says and says they enjoy, but maybe they just are doing being nice. But uh, in terms of Canvas to Canton, I'm going to be doing a little bit more of a generic article, right? Like more of your top plays. I'm not going to, I mean, obviously I'm going to talk about like why you should pay up for a guy, but I'm going to try to sprinkle in values and different price ranges and keep it, you know, realistic where you can not necessarily build a full lineup on it. But if you look at it and say, hey, like, I'm looking for a guy in this range that there should be someone close to that for you. Um, but yeah, you know, between those two pods, the written article, uh, looking forward to it, tweet a bunch and uh, we'll see what happens. There should be a good mix with Ethan considering, you know, the prize picks and the, uh, the stacking because stacking is huge. I think, you know, you have to, and maybe we dedicate some time on a future pod to talk about like grouping and stacking or just game theory strategy would be a great idea. But uh uh, yeah, I think like some of those basics, like I said at the beginning, like if I was an idiot five years ago, could have made more money, but here I am now, at least I, I understand and, and know how to kind of play it as much as I've learned from others. So it should be fun year. Absolutely. And hey, this is why this podcast exists. We want to, you know, those that are coming in for the first time, we don't want you to be intimidated. We want to give you strategy, we want to give you options. Uh, that's why we cover all these platforms. Of course, uh, I'm Brandon Sanders. I'm, you know, the hot, the host and the pilot of the ship. So I'm just here to steer the ship and, you know, pick off these great minds. Of course, I'm Neanderthal. I like to just look at mismatches and things like that. Mainly DraftKings. Uh, you might see an article or two. I haven't really, you know, guaranteed something. I've just told the team that every once in a while, I'm just going to drop an article out of the blue like I did last 
last week. So it was just one of those things to where if I have the time, I'm going to do it. If I do, I'm going to do FanDuel. I think the FanDuel gets underlooked a lot, and I you know have some success there in the past as far as when I was uh, under a different umbrella and things like that. So I might be doing some FanDuel stuff. If not, you're going to see some tweets and things like that of just general takes that I think as well. And of course, you'll probably see these guys under in the same thread, just talking it out and things like that. So be on the lookout for that. Of course, uh, peel your eyes at campusdecanton.com. We want you to go to the NIL tier list and check that out. That's where you're going to get all these articles for DFS. So it is going to be a premium for this year as well. I believe that's what the uh, the founders have told us. So if you aren't an NIL member, I highly subscribe that as well. Um, and if anything, just go check it out. Go check out the tools. There's a bunch of cool stuff that you got there as well. And of course, if you're doing price picks for the first time, please go check out that code C2C. Well, it helps up the website, but it also gets you set up to a match deposit up to $100. So you have something you can work with as well. So please do that as well. Uh, I want to thank uh, everyone for listening in. Like I said, this is going to be the setup. We got a lot of good stuff coming up, and we got a great lineup of guests as well. We're going to do week zero together, just us three uh, next week. So it's going to be great. We're going to do our official picks starting week one all the way up to the championship game. We got a guest coming on, and most of these guys are some of the guys that you love and adore, whether it's in the CFF world or guys that you see in the DFS space that's had quite some success. So be on the lookout for there. Uh, but thanks for listening in, and we'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>